you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Revival and harvest comes to a prepared place and to a prepared people. This is what today is all about. We're preparing for our future. I'll go out on a limb today and say that CLC has never been as prepared for growth and revival and harvest as we are today. I thank God for the hardworking people that have made their ministries excellent. Some time ago, the Lord spoke a challenge to me, and it sounded something like this. I will send a harvest according to the church's preparedness. He actually spoke that word directly to me and for the purpose of, of things that I needed to do and things I needed to put in order. It was at that moment that I realized that we were not waiting on God, but that God was waiting on us. That's why today I want to challenge everybody in this room to take the next few minutes and a very simple thought that I'm going to bring to you to discover the possibilities that are packed within the words, what if? Look at your neighbor and just say, what if? Sounds strange, but common. It's a word we say every day. If I was to ask you how many of you have ever wondered what if, I would say every hand in the room would be raised. 
sometimes when we think about the what ifs in life, we often do so with great question marks that seemingly to lean toward regrets and missed opportunities. What if I would have done this, would life have turned out better? But considering what ifs doesn't have to be an exercise in the irrevocable past. What if can be a spark that ignites an entirely new way of life? In the next few minutes as I preach the message that the Lord has laid upon my heart, I pray that God speaks to somebody in this room that has been sitting and waiting on making the decision and that if I could challenge you today to accept the challenge of considering what if today is my day? And what if I make a decision today? How different can my life be? In John chapter 10, verse number 10, Jesus told the Pharisees that he has come that we might have life and that we might have that life more abundantly. Isn't that what we all want in life? A more abundant life? Indeed, it has been promised to us, but do we have the courage to live our lives abundantly? And if so, where do we start? We want God to bless us, and so are we a pool or are we a river? Because as God has blessed us, out of our belly should flow. That sounds like a river. Out of our belly should flow rivers of living water. That means as God has blessed me, I should be a blessing not to just one, but to many because there should be rivers, plural, that flows out of my life. With everything God has done for me, for every one thing God does for me, there ought to be a multiplicity of people that are blessed because you are in the downflow of the rivers that should flow out of my blessing. And so the more I'm blessed, yes, Sister Jen Hopper, the more I am blessed, the more is required of me to be a blessing to all of those around me. Indeed, it has been promised to us. But do we have the courage in our lives to recognize our potential to live a more abundant life? And if so, where do we start? Why not start this morning? Right now, not tonight, not Wednesday, not next week, not at commitment service, not at our sacrificial offering service, but right now, today, why don't we start today considering a few what ifs? What if we did exactly what God wants us to do? What if we became exactly what, what, what God wants us to do? as individuals to become? What if we as a church became exactly what God wants us as a church to become? Maybe we all need a fresh start. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 17, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, 
and behold, look, everything, all things are become new. What I'm telling you today is a decision that you make in this house this morning and the decision that you make over the next few weeks to be part of the vision that you have heard from this incredible team that worked so hard to deliver you what you have already seen and heard in this service today. I want to tell you that if we step forward in the vision and we participate the way that God wants us to and we become the kind of person that God wants us to be and we become the kind of church that God wants us to be, I just wonder what would happen in this region of north central Indiana, our region of impact. I want to reach to everybody in the room this morning. What if we truly prayed every day? What if we worshiped, truly offered a sacrifice of praise and worship every time we walked into the building? Not withholding, not saying I'm just going to do a little bit, but we came in every service with extravagant worship and praise to the Lord. Come on, CLC. We are either an apostolic Pentecostal church that believes in outward praise and worship or we're not. And if we are who we say we are and what we say we are, then we ought to worship God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. What if we truly became our brother's keeper? What if we prayed for our sister's need like they were our own needs? What if their children's issues were as great in our prayer moments as our own children's issues? What if we would truly get back to that place in God that we always say we need to get back to? What would we become? What if we would make the changes that we know we really need to make but are so hard to make? It's good in theory, but hard in practice. What if we really did what Jesus did? What if it was more than a slogan and a wristband? What if it was more than a Facebook meme? What if we really did what Jesus would do? What if we lost our ego, our self-centeredness? What if we would put self aside and put others first? What if we really did put God first in our life? What if we put His will as really greater than well, you know, our own will. What if we truly sought first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? And it was more than just words and rally points to sermons, but we truly did seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. I wonder what would be added unto us because His word says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all of these things shall be added. Oh, I, what if God would have told us what those things were? I don't know what the things that are going to be added are, but I can only imagine it is everything you've ever hoped for, dreamed of, and hoped that would come to pass in your life. Jesus said it like this, if you will put me first and seek first the kingdom of God, all of those other things in your life, I'm going to just add them in there. But if you seek to gain your life, you're going to lose it. 
if we what if we were what if we forgave first? What if we lived life with the perspective that I'm going to give my brother and my sister the benefit of the doubt? Maybe we would have peace in our relationships and peace in our hearts. What if we would just slow down enough to smell the roses? How much better would life be? That does that does that ring a bell with anybody? When we get so busy we can't even enjoy life. What what if we would simply unclutter and simplify our life? What what if human reasoning was replaced with childlike faith? What if we prayed more and worried less? I wish I had time to spend on every one of these what-ifs that I'm bringing to you this morning, but there's no way possible that in the next in, in, in a short 15-minute span that, that I could expand all of these what-ifs, but I'm planting them as seeds for you to walk out of the doors of this building tonight, today and ponder tonight and tomorrow and next week. What if we prayed more and worried less? What if our vain repetition was replaced with a true heart's cry? What if when we spoke the world heard his voice. What if we sincerely prayed, not my will, but thine be done? What if we set our mind to the most important things in life, such as reaching the lost and turning this region of north central Indiana upside down? What if we lived as if we truly believed greater things than these shall not not the ministry not the elders of the church but greater things than these shall you do what if we lived like we really believed that that it was talking to us the born again believer those that have been born again of water and spirit, baptized in Jesus' name. Yes, I'm talking to you this morning. What if you really believe greater things than what the apostles did and even Jesus did? Greater things than these shall you do. He's talking to us, church. What if we believed it? Really believed it? What if we understood the power of prayer? Because the Bible said when Zion travails, she brings forth children. In other words, when the church prays to a point that we get out of the ordinary, because travail is not ordinary prayer, it is not prayer before a meal and prayer before bedtime, but true travail, prayer of travail. He said when the whole church joins together and we reach the point of travail, get ready, children are going to be born. I'm not talking about physical human babies, but I'm talking about souls that Everything we've talked about this morning, it is all built around prayer. When Zion travails, when the church reaches a point in prayer that is extraordinary, get ready, children, babies are going to be born, souls are going to come into the kingdom of God. What if we invited someone into our life or into church? Oh, pastor. What if they say no, but what if they say yes? 
What if we became touchable to our neighbors? Maybe we would learn how to truly love our fellow man. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 40. Jesus is speaking and said, And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Insomuch as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. What if we realize that everything we need, we already have? Oh, I, well, what if what I'm preaching this morning really settled into our spirit? What if we really recognize that every time we go to God in prayer, it is a wish list like a like a, 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 a list that we use when we go to the supermarket? I go to my wife and say, babe, what, what do we need? Text me. I'm on my way to the to Walmart, or and and she will say, "Well, you know, we we need laundry soap, and and we need we need dishwashing uh, soap, and and we need this and that." And I make a list, and I add that list to the list I already have, and we go in. That's what prayer often looks like, where we start telling the Lord, "This is what I need, and this is what I need." You know what? He knows what we have need of before we ever ask. But we have not because we ask not. But what if we realize that everything we truly need to have everything we truly want, we already have. All we've got to do is understand that our needs are already met. What if we prayed more and worried less? What if the, what if the possibilities are endless? Look at the time. I've got to hurry. What if we responded to what God has already placed in our heart this morning? What if the next choice you make is the beginning of the next chapter in your life? If we fail to respond to what God is speaking to our hearts at this moment today, the words what if then could easily be replaced with almost. In Acts chapter 26, God was speaking to the very heart of King Agrippa. Just as I know that he has already spoken to many of your hearts today. King Agrippa heard the, the, the gospel of, of, of Christ very clearly from the good apostle, but he didn't respond appropriately to that gospel message. King Agrippa only celebrated the fact that it was almost enough to persuade him. King Agrippa's words will echo throughout eternity. Paul, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Almost. Whew. See, you almost did it this morning. You almost persuaded me it was a good job. The humor was wonderful. The seriousness was just right. The wording, it was just excellent. Man, I almost, I almost took a step of faith. I almost did it. Don't allow your what if to become an almost. King Agrippa's heart was touched by the power of the Holy Ghost in the message that Paul brought forth. Agrippa was so close to heaven at that moment in his life that he would ever be for all eternity 
for a few brief moments, God was reaching out to Agrippa in one great attempt to to save Agrippa's soul. The Holy Ghost was tugging at the heart of Agrippa and he was being called to a point of repentance. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. Almost. What if Agrippa would have responded with a yes to what God had already spoken? What more was he looking for than the gospel? What more was he looking for? Almost, Paul, almost. How often do we require more than what God is giving? Almost. What if Agrippa would have responded differently? Almost, what a terrible word that is in the fullest meaning when applied to the salvation of souls, one of the most horrendous moments in a person's life. Almost so close to heaven and yet to never see its wonderful glory. Almost so near, so near to the love and mercy of God, yet never experience His love. Almost so close that they could reach out and touch the nail-scarred hands and yet never feel his warm embrace. Almost one decision away. As I close today, what is it that King Agrippa, what is it that prevented him from making the right choice? This morning as I have just dropped a simple, very simple thought over the last 17 or 18 minutes into your heart. As you you think through the what ifs that I have just given you as appetizers for your thought process this morning, what if you would just say yes to what God is speaking? As I approach the close of this message today, what prevents you from totally surrendering and saying yes to God in everything that He would like and wants for you to do? What if you said yes to God today, truly, purely, from the depths of your heart? Pastor, I I will someday. I've heard it. I've heard it before. What if tomorrow never comes, for tomorrow is not promised, but he's given you today. He's given you this moment. As I come to a close of this message, I want each of us to examine our own souls, our own hearts. Does the love of this world and the things of this world scream too loudly in our hearts so that we cannot hear the voice of God as he calls us to respond to his voice. To the saved church that is in this room, to the members of CLC that we have created a presentation for, I'm asking you if you would consider over the next couple of weeks, the next three or four weeks, that we have been given 
until we come back the first Sunday in October to make a commitment. What if we took a few days and we pushed away the plate and we fasted? And we did more than talked about prayer, but we truly talked to God and then we took time to listen. And we let God speak to our heart about what He is wanting for us to do. And we respond. I wonder what a difference that it could make. What if we said yes to what God is already speaking or has already spoken about the vision of this church and how we should respond to it? Do we desire the things of the world more than we desire the things of God? Do we sit through service and leave almost persuaded? Now let me speak to every person in this room, man, woman, boy, or girl, senior member to first-time guest. What will you do to the, the tug of the Spirit that has already been upon your heart today when God is drawing you already and saying, come on, make that commitment, make that step? How can we sit through service today and leave almost, almost persuaded? What if it's still hanging in the balances of your mind, your heart, your soul? You still have to make a decision today. I invite you to stand with me this morning all across the room. Thank you for giving me a couple of extra minutes this morning. What's stopping us? If you are almost persuaded to take that full step to serve the Lord this morning, let me just nudge you today. Let, let me nudge you today. Don't put it off. Don't put off serving God to another day. Don't put off saying yes to God. Don't put off repenting of your sins. If you've been thinking about getting baptized in Jesus' name, don't put it off and say, what if I'd have just done it this morning? Why don't you just say Yes, 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 today. We have robes ready and water ready and ministry ready. What, what if you've never repented of your sins? Don't put it, just say yes. Just walk out from where you are to the front of this room today and just say, okay, I give up. I'm tired of putting it off and saying another day, but today is the day of salvation. Today, I'm going to do it today. I'm going to be, I'm going to repent today. I'm going to be baptized today. If you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, today, Today is your day. What? Stop waiting for a better moment. This is the day of salvation. Why don't you join these that are already walking to the front of this room this morning and just walk up here with them and say, Today I want to receive the Holy Ghost. And if you walk to the front of this room, ministers are sensitive to the Spirit today. They're going to be laying hands on you and praying over you and praying with you and praying for you. He will pour out His Spirit. You don't have to wait to another day. This is the day. This is your day. This is your day. Don't leave. Don't leave sorrowful. There was a man who had it all. He's known as the rich young ruler, and he, he asked Jesus the question, Master, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Then he went through the commandments of don't commit adultery, don't kill, don't steal, don't bear false witness. And he went on through the commandments and he said, well, all of these things I've done. 
since I was a, a young man. And Jesus looked at him and he said, go sell what you have and give to the poor. It was one thing that he knew that he could not and would not be willing to do. I speak to that one thing that is keeping you from joining these others in the front of the room today. God is calling. I want you to lift your hands all over this room right now. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to watch you walk down here. But if God is dealing with your spirit today, I, I challenge you. I nudge you. I urge you. Just say yes to the call of God. Say yes to the nudge of his spirit today. Don't walk away. That man walked away sorrowfully. But you can walk out of here rejoicing today. God is speaking. God is calling. God is calling you today. Come on, if any man seeks to save his life, he's going to lose it. But Jesus said, if you'll lay it down, that's how you'll find eternal life. Everlasting life is available to you today. Don't leave here with regrets. Reach over, grab your neighbor by the hand right now and pray over them in the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, the Lord is drawing us today. He's speaking to our hearts this morning. The Lord is speaking to our hearts today. He's speaking to our hearts today. Come on, seek him. Seek him. Pouring He's calling, he's calling, he's calling. Say yes to
are those in the altar who are praying. Let's be mindful of them. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. We hope that you can join back here to, tonight. It'll be a wonderful time in the Holy Ghost. Why don't you greet a couple people? You're dismissed in Jesus' name.